0: Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. and Today is number three in Gospel Prophecy Week. And the title I put was, They Banned the Video, But Here Are the Words. Now, John MacArthur has been making statements in his sermons that when the sermons or clips of the sermons are posted on YouTube, it results in a deletion by, quote, fact-checkers and warnings and strikes to the YouTube channel host. When MacArthur makes truthful, albeit negative, statements about, for example, the Center for Disease Control, government agencies, or that certain flu We're all incessantly hearing about the clip or video will be deleted wherever it pops up. Prophecy is important. Now, we are in the end time. It has been the end of times since Jesus ascended, and it will end when he returns. The end of the end of days will be horrific because Jesus will directly pour judgment onto the world. And that period will be seven years, according to Daniel 9, 24 to 27. Now, when I watched that 11-minute clip, I knew it would be banned. So I downloaded the transcript and edited it with correct punctuation, took out the timestamps, and cleaned it up so I could post it and then read it myself for this podcast. I found it particularly calming to hear his biblical words and reorient my thinking toward a godly worldview. I think we all need the help we can get these days to calm the confusion in our hearts, which for many believers are heavy with sorrow, confusion, anger, or gloom. I, we, need to be like Paul, who learned to be content in any circumstance. Now, I have no physical needs, they are being met. I have no career longings, fulfillment is in my heart. I have no emotional needs because the Bible, colleagues, friends, and church covers that. Christ has already given me these. Where I do need Christ especially is his help in order to learn to be content when things around me are not optimal. Philippians 4.11-13 says, Not that I speak from need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with little, and I know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that was Paul writing in Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Now, I'm not there yet, but if Paul can do it, I can do it. He was in jail when he wrote that, and I'm free, so I'm already miles beyond where Paul was when he penned the words. Also, Paul has the same spirit I do. So it's possible for me to learn contentment now and even in future days when things get worse. But I have to learn it, and that means practice. So I'll fake it till I make it. And prophecy says things will get worse. Once we reach a stage where God gives over a society in its final days, Romans 1, 29-31 says, People having been filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, and evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding untrustworthy, unfeeling, and unmerciful. So that's what it is going to be like. We're going to be surrounded with people who exhibit all those sins. Now, knowing this about the coming days in prophecy, what are we to do? Among other things, rejoice always, 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Or rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, Philippians 4.4. 4. Or maybe this, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, Romans 5.3. I guess there's a theme there that no matter what, we should rejoice. So here is my prayer, which has become daily. Lord, enable me to learn to be content so that your peace and joy will shine through. Give me opportunities to share the gospel in love and help me persevere as the days grind on and on. Amen. So here is John MacArthur, the transcript of what he had spoken to his own church at Grace Community Church in Santa Clarita, California last Sunday. Everything from on now, is are his words. Now, I'd link it for you, but as I said, the YouTube handlers scrubbed his video. If it comes up on Grace to You in full any time in the future, I will link it. But as I read it aloud, listen in John MacArthur's voice, not my voice. Now, here's John MacArthur. As a pastor, he said, I have you on my heart all the time, I normally do, but it seems in the current situation we're in that the burdens that you are all carrying are very, very different, very unique. Life has changed dramatically, dramatically for all of us. And I just want you to know that I'm praying for the Lord to give us all wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him so that we can keep our focus on Him in a time like this. I go back to a way of understanding this by looking at Romans chapter one, and I'm going to comment on it. You've heard me comment on it before. The Romans chapter starting in verse 18 says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. If there ever would be a nation of people who held the truth, it certainly would be our nation, as well as most of the Western world. We have had the Bible. We've had the revelation of God. We are all very much aware that our, that, that has been rejected in our nation wholesale, and as a result, the wrath of God has been revealed. It is revealed against any society, any culture, any people who hold the truth in unrighteousness, who turn from God, and that's exactly what our society has done. The Romans chapter defines the wrath of God. It says this is what it is. God, when he judges the society for rejecting him, turns them over to a sexual revolution. It's explicit, and we have had that years ago. I suppose the sexual revolution, that was the first sign of divine judgment. He lets men go into sexual unrighteousness, pornography, really the death of any sense of biblical morality. But there's a second step in Romans 1, and that is there will be a sexual revolution and then there will be a homosexual revolution. Paul explicitly mentions that men with men, women with women, and this produces many effects. One effect he talks about, I think he's referring even to venereal disease, which could be seen as AIDS. So when God judges a nation that has rejected his truth, first there will be a sexual revolution, followed by a homosexual revolution, which we've been watching for the last couple of decades. But the third point is, he says God gives them over to sexual perversion. God gives them over to homosexuality, and then to a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind is a non-functioning mind. What that means is, the final step in divine judgment. It's a kind of insanity where nothing makes sense. Out of that, Paul in Romans chapter one, lists a long list of every imaginable kind of wickedness and sin that will literally flood and drown a society. And take a break from John MacArthur for a minute. And that was the verse I read you up above that long list where I said, this is what we're living with, all the people around us. Okay, back to the transcript of John MacArthur's uh, point. In the middle of that list, of course, is deceit and hatred of God. So there's a reason why in this country it's in the insanity that it's in, and that is the judgment of God. God has allowed this nation that has rejected him to go down the path of Romans 1 through the sexual revolution, homosexual revolution, to the point where there's an insanity that really makes no sense to any thinking person. And that's because it's the reprobate mind. It's a mind that does not function. And out of that mind that doesn't function comes every imaginable kind of evil, It was John Calvin who made the interesting statement that when God judges a people, he gives them wicked rulers. Again, when God judges the people, he gives them wicked rulers. So this judgment of God that has sent us down the careering path of transgression, iniquity, and sin is aided and abetted by wicked rulers. Because they tend to be the architects of all this. If not overtly, then certainly covertly. So I just want to say that you have to look at this in the light of divine judgment. What is happening in our country, chaos, insanity, nonsense, the things you can't figure out, the confusion, the disorder, the disruption, is all part of divine judgment. Now, if you understand it that way, you realize that you can't fix it. You can't fix it. The next election will not fix it. No election will fix it. A new governor in California will not fix it. It cannot be fixed. It is divine judgment. And it is obviously unleashed on us. And we're in that final stage, the stage of insanity. The folly of all follies in a situation like this is to think there's anything you can do in the human realm to stop the divine judgment of God. That's not possible. This is God judging, and he laid it out in detail. We are under judgment at a severe level. The most severe level revealed in Scripture, short of final global judgment yet to come in the end of the age, and eternal judgment in hell. So, what is wrong in this country is not fixable. This is God bringing judgment. The good news is, he protects his people in the judgment. That is his cover over us. We are in the shelter of his protection. We're saved from the wrath to come, and we're protected in the current judgment. I want you to understand that the church has one great responsibility in the midst of this judgment. It's not to try to fix what's wrong in society. That same chapter of Romans gives us our mandate. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew and the Gentile. Our responsibility is to preach the gospel, not to be ashamed of the gospel, but to preach the gospel, which is the only answer. The only hope is Christ. The only appropriate response to Christ is to embrace him as Lord and Savior and to embrace his glorious gospel. I guess what I'm saying to you is don't expect it to get better. It raises the stakes for what we as believers in the world are called to do. And while so many churches, ranging from the liberal churches to even evangelical churches, are caught up in trying to fix what's wrong in the world, everything is a result of judgment, even that racial hostility. The insanity of teaching people to hate and living on vengeance and revenge and all these things are part and parcel of what happens to a culture when God lets them go. They go to an insanity where nothing makes sense. That's where we are. For us, we know the truth because we have the mind of Christ in the word of God And our responsibility is not somehow to figure out how to fix the world, but how to proclaim the gospel that can deliver people from the world, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So the church needs to focus on the person of Christ. It should dawn on people about now, if it hasn't already, that for the church to reach the world, it can't keep trying to be like the world. It amazes me that you have the world cultivating hate and trying to put it in elementary schools and all of that, and then you have evangelical churches feeling like they need to adapt to the issues of the world, and filling churches with the same kind of deceptive ideologies. And all it does is rip and shred and tear. You have to see things for what they are. They're not fixable. They're a reflection of fallen sinfulness, the reflection of a nation that has abandoned God and is a reflection of divine judgment itself. What do we do in a time like this? Well, we have a very clear calling. As I said, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the church needs to become Christ-centered. For the church to reach the world, it has to stop trying to be like the world. Because why would you want to identify with a society under judgment? We have to be the church. We have to be the haven. We have to be the eye of the hurricane. We have to be the safe place. We have to be the place where Christ is exalted and the word of God is proclaimed where truth is known and believed and lived and taught. We have the mind of Christ. It's in the pages of Scripture. And Jesus said in John, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. This is the time for the church to focus on lifting up Christ. That's the end of the very long transcript from John MacArthur, from his sermon this past Sunday, August 22, 2021. And as I said, I will link it if it ever pops up anywhere and remains without being scrubbed. It's just a symbol of how much the world hates the truth that these little brush fires keep getting stamped out before they can. Hopefully not before they can touch a heart, but they do get stamped out quickly. Well, that's all for today. This has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.